Welcome back to the second episode of Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Kate. And I'm Janine. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly the worst pop culture of the 2000s. So keeping with the theme of last week, which was people Kate liked when she was 10, we are going to move forward a little bit in my timeline and go to people that Kate liked when she was 11. Um, and younger, honestly. It's, you know, time is a continuous stream and not just me picking new things every two months. Um, so I know you didn't really pay attention too much to uh, 2000s pop culture, but what about earlier? Did you Were you at least watching kind of popular stuff in the 90s? Actually, um, because I lived in the middle of nowhere, we didn't have uh, cable TV. And so a lot of what we watched was actually like VHSs that had been handed to us from our relatives or from friends. Like they would record TV back when you did that on VHSs. So like, um, yeah, I would be kind of behind. Like I remember being in elementary school and everyone talking about like, oh, did you see that episode of Rugrats? And I'd have to totally lie and said I did because I was still watching 80s shows like the Gummy Bears. So What kind of sad life did you live, Janine? Uh, a terrible one, apparently, devoid of any joy in pop culture. I'm devastated for you right now. Okay, well then, that blows my uh, my segue into the into the first movie that I've picked for you. But <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of a little set of sisters named the Olsen Twins. Oh yeah, I did actually watch the Olsen Twins, one of their movies, because uh, you could get those on VHS. Oh yeah, like um like the newer like the really old ones when they were young, or did you watch one of their newer ones? Oh, very young, like the kids ones. Yeah. Okay. Well. We are going to venture back to their last and only um, theatrical release, give you the option to watch the movie New York Minute. They play sisters living in New York City or visiting New York City. I don't know. It's been a while. But all I remember is that the guy from Supernatural is in it also. And I think Eugene Levy. Oh, I have not heard of this. Yeah, uh, it's pretty bad. And it's about the Olsen twins being teenagers who live in new york and i think they live in like long island or queens or something and they end up going to manhattan and everything goes really poorly for some reason you know it's an olsen twins movie the other one yeah so it's starring Lindsay lohan in a movie called confessions of a teenage drama queen which is not a good movie i'm pretty sure Lindsay lohan moves to a new school and decides that she's going to be a cool girl at this new school so she just starts lying a bunch and of course it goes extremely poorly it's just a movie about, like, a pretty teenage girl making bad decisions. I actually do think I remember when Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen came out, because I remember I really wanted to see it, but, of course, I had no life, so I never went and saw it. Oh, well, I mean, we are rectifying that now. Like most teenagers, I loved the way Lindsay Lohan looked, and I liked her style, even though, looking back on it, it was not that great. But I remember I was like, oh, I want to, I love Lindsay Lohan, she's so cool. That's not really something that people say anymore, but... Yeah, not really. We can go back to the glory days of Lindsay Lohan and watch the 2002 movie, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. At least I think that's when it came out. 2004. Oh, these are both 2004 movies. Everybody gets to um, make a decision about which 2004 movie they want to watch today. And by everyone, I mean you. So based on what you just said, I think I know which one you're going to pick, but I will let you do the honors. Which one are you going to pick, Janine? Uh, you know, that is very difficult because, like I said, I did have a love for Lindsay Lohan that I think most preteens had in the 2000s, and I do remember wanting to watch Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. However, I do see that New York Minute has Eugene Levy as one of the co-stars, 
and now i do remember seeing a picture of him i do now know who he is and so that has got to be pretty interesting but i don't know i think i think i'm gonna have to go with new york minute just because i've never seen the olsen twins act as adults and i did watch another 2000s movie with Lindsay lohan called uh freaky friday i was actually almost going to suggest that one but i decided on confessions of a teenage drama queen I was thinking, well, Freaky Friday is, like, ubiquitous enough in, like, our culture that I feel like she's probably seen Freaky Friday. Even if she's seen no other Lindsay Lohan movie, it's either that or Mean Girls. Yeah. Freaky Friday, like, looking back on it, it's not really that awful of a film. Like, it's got some pretty cringy moments, but that's just the 2000s, like, in a, in general. Jamie Lee Curtis went really hard in that movie. For us. Yeah. I really was kind of impressed with how, like, well Jamie Lee Curtis was at acting like a typical teenager and then that in comparison with Lindsay Lohan's acting which sometimes wasn't that bad but there was something just kind of about like her whole air that wasn't very convincing so um I don't know like I said it is kind of hard because I did really want to watch Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen when I was a kid but I've never seen the Olsen twins act so uh, aside from their kid movies which those weren't really acting because you can't really get kids to be too convincing. You just give them lines. So, hmm. Do you have a favorite of these two? No, I don't actually. Um, I think I have fonder memories of Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen because I've seen it more recently. But um, I liked uh, New York Minute enough to see it a few times, but it's been a long time. I think I've seen Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen uh, more recently. So I think it's like, it stacks up a little better because I remember a little bit more of it. And also I think, you know, uh, Lindsay Lohan as a teenager was a little bit better of an actress than the Olsen twins. I think I think I'm going to have to go with New York Minute and I'm probably going to regret it because I do. I at least know, like, as a base that Lindsay Lohan is not a horrible actress, like not an amazing actress. But I mean, like Freaky Friday was not a terrible movie, like acting wise. I mean, well. Mean Girls was really good, so... Yeah, Mean Girls was awesome. So I think just because I've seen Lindsay Lohan movies, I'm going to have to choose New York Minute because I need to expand my understanding of 2000 celebrities. And like I said, Olsen Twins, all I ever saw was their kid stuff. So I'm going to go with New York Minute. Uh, Is there anything I should know going into this movie? Well, uh, Wikipedia describes it as a farce. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty excited for this one because, like I said, that's kind of, I feel like Mary-Kate and Ashley, at least, you know, for better or for worse, uh, Lindsay Lohan did have some relevance in the 2010s. I mean, it was because she was going through a really hard time, but when was the last time you've heard about the Olsen twins? It's been a pretty long time. I haven't really heard them in the, in the major, you know, gossip or anything like that for a long time. We're going to watch New York Minute, and we're going to try and find it. I don't know how we're going to watch it, because we didn't have a ton of luck last time with finding Crossroads. Oh, you can rent this on YouTube. Oh, how much is it? Two ninety nine. That's not so bad. Yeah, you can rent it on iTunes, Amazon Video. Nice. So, yeah. That's not bad. How easy, how simple. Thank you, YouTube and iTunes, so we don't have to go find a 
video store, which apparently there isn't one around here anymore. So one thing I just want to say is that I'm very shocked that you're not watching Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, considering how excited you sounded when I brought it up. But um, I'm glad because I feel like you're going to suffer more watching this movie. Yeah. Um, you know what? Just because I did like I did want to watch it so bad, we might have to watch this again in another episode because... Uh, it is also available on streaming. So you'll have to put that back. I'm sure you have some sort of like Rolodex of torture devices that you have to flip through to decide what movie you're going to make me watch. So you can put that one back in there. Eventually, the choice is going to be from Justin to Kelly or from Justin to Kelly because I want you to watch that movie. <laughs> but I'll I'll put um, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen back in the Rolodex. Well, we will be back after watching this terrible movie. And we'll tell you about it. All right. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about this movie. We'll let you know how it stands up to the test of time, which I assume is very badly. And I'm excited, but also cautious because Crossroads took some weird turns. So I don't know what kind of New York Minute is going to provide us, what kind of, I guess you could call it entertainment, but probably not. I just want to say, I don't think it can stand up to the test of time if it wasn't good all, like, at the beginning, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess a fossilized turd is still a turd. Yeah. <laughs> like a really old turd. Just a really, really old turd. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, alright, we'll see you then. And we are back. We literally just watched the movie New York Minute about 15 minutes ago, and it's an it's an hour and a half long. Too long. And it feels like we watched it for three days. Yes. I mean, I've been through a lot of things in my life, and that was... I had to actively check the clock not uh, and the time remaining on that movie to see how long we had gone without seeing anything worthwhile in our lives. It was too long. Way too long. We were about 45 minutes in when I said, this is almost over, right? And then you went over the screen and it was actually only halfway over. We had 45 minutes left to go. Oh, God. It was torturous. But it was torturous in the way that, like, I mean, at least there weren't any terrible, sad plots that tried to make for good writing like there was in Crossroads. But this one was, like, a Disney special on steroids. Like, every single stupid child trope you can think pumped up to the max with very weird casting decisions. It was... Nothing in the movie made sense. I'm pretty sure that every five minutes I said, what the hell is going on in this movie? What are you making me watch? And then I said, I'm really sorry. I liked this movie at one point in my life. <laughs> and those... Fond memories of that movie have been squashed because it was just, um, it was torture. It was, and there was just so much going on. Like, the movie did not take a breath for a second. Like, ten minutes in, you're already feeling like you've run a marathon just watching them, like, talk to each other. There's, like, enough recognizable faces in the movie that it's kind of distracting, but they're not recognizable in a way that, um, makes sense. For example... Daryl Hammond plays a man who keeps getting bothered by the Olsen twins, but he looks so much like Al Gore that I just kept going, that's not Al Gore, right? It can't be. I googled it in the middle of the movie because I was like, Al Gore, New York Minute, question mark? And it was like, no, it's not. And I was like, okay. And Eugene Levy plays a really overzealous truancy officer. Yeah, 
it was very, very, very strange. It almost felt like it was supposed to be an episode of a TV show, and they had, like, four different episodes squashed into one movie. Like, I mean, I could have, I could see the individual storylines being enjoyable for children, like, watching it in some sort of episodic deal, but they literally squished everything they could think of into this one movie, and none of it made sense. And I, I'm not even really sure there was anything I actually genuinely enjoyed. Like, there were some things that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so bizarre. Like, I, it's funny. Like, when they tossed the dog out of the window, I sure laughed. But it wasn't funny in the way I think it was intended. No, that poor dog. It, in the course of that 90-minute movie, that dog gets kidnapped. It's shown sitting on a toilet. And then it's shown kind of falling into the toilet a little bit. Crowd surfs? No, it's not even, like, it crowd surfs, but, like, one of the Olsen twins is holding it when she begins to crowd surf, and then she just throws it again. And then at one point they just drop it. Then it gets a makeover montage where a man puts him in, like, a wig and a dress. And it's a, it's a male dog, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, enforce the patriarchy here, but the man literally says brother now you a sister or something like that also it was a very racist like black salon that the olsen twins run into and they are like welcomed with open arms because they start crying very bizarre and that's not even the most racist part of the movie because andy uh richter Richter. he basically his whole story i mean there's i really wish i could give you guys a good plot run through of this movie but honestly it made no sense to me so there's Everything I'm talking about is just as non-sequitur as it was in the movie itself. Andy Richter plays a man who is the favorite adopted son of a Chinese crime mogul. Because of this, he has a Chinese accent, but it's literally just sounds like it's a white guy making fun of a Chinese guy. He does speak Mandarin at one part of the movie. However, I don't speak Mandarin, so I can't say how accurate it was. But it was just a very bizarre, because at first, there's so many strange accents in this movie. At first, you're like, what kind of accent is he trying to do right now? And then, you know, you start seeing the part where, like, his he calls his mom, and she answers in a Chinese restaurant. You're like, oh, oh, God, please no. And, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Even the mom calls him out on it. She says, you either speak Chinese or you speak English. Stop putting on that accent. And then he says in his regular Andy Richter voice, he just goes okay sorry mom and then he keeps doing it and it's bad and it's not really funny bad it's just bad it just like makes you feel kind of like horrible that you're even like participating in his bad accent by watching this movie and of course the the chinese crime empire run from the back of a chinese restaurant is of course bootleg movies oh yeah and that's the whole thing he's trying to get from these women and by, when I say women, I mean the Olsen twins. Also, like, what? who's the target audience for this movie? That is a very good question, because there is just so much going on here. I also uh, wasn't sure. Did this movie actually come out in theaters? I believe so. Like, I remember it was kind of a big deal, because I really liked the Olsen twins, and this movie was, like, actually coming out in theaters, despite the fact that, like, no Olsen twin movies after, like, a few of their very early ones actually came out in theaters. They were all direct-to-video. Oh, yeah, that that salon, by the way, was called the House of Bling, because that's what kind of movie this is. This is a salon they found by um, going into a sewer, walking a couple miles, and then coming out of the sewer. 
And um, the Olsen twins, uh, like, I'm not, like, wishing them, you know, ill health or anything like that, but rightfully the Olsen twins should have died many times in this movie. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, there was the part where they went after the dog, they threw out the window, and they get onto one of those, I don't know what you call them, those things they use to wash windows that go up and down the sides of buildings. But to get to the to the thing where you, you know, wash windows, well, I don't even, I guess it's kind of like a crane or just like a lift or something like that. But um, to get to that, they have to walk pretty far on just, like, a hotel, like, ledge on the side of the building, like a molding. Um, Very high up. Like, high enough that that window wouldn't actually open in that hotel. Because you know how, like, uh, hotels don't have opening windows up so high anymore because people will just kill themselves there. Yeah. Yeah. As evidenced by this movie, because they almost did. Because they almost died. Because the thing, like, collapses underneath them. And then they land in a dumpster and soft dumpster, a soft dumpster. And at this time, they're only wearing towels, by the way. One's got a robe on, but one of them's only wearing a towel. And of course, the one wearing a towel loses the towel. So she's just naked in a dumpster, which is basically like an episode of Law and Order SVU. Yeah, we're literally like at that point, it was just a couple of hours away from a bad CSI episode. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no. no stop it we don't have the rights for that <laughs> there is I, I take it back when i said i don't know if there's any part of this movie i actually enjoyed i did very much enjoy the bob saget cameo oh that was good um so the olsen twins are running through new york city barefoot in a towel and a robe because she gets her towel back um carrying a small hideous dog and Bob, they run past Bob Saget, and he just looks at them with, like, this look of disgust on his face, and it lingers on him for, like, four or five seconds. And you just get to see Bob Saget disgusted with the Olsen twins and his own career. It's very funny, because it's basically the same expression that I was making halfway through this movie. They weren't wearing shoes, which I thought was really gross. In New York City. And there's no way that girl who... One one of the Olsen twins is so, like, type A and, like, germaphobic that she puts toilet seat covers down in her own bathroom. There's no way that girl would walk barefoot through um, New York City, especially after, like, landing in some garbage. Like, you know, there's no way she's, like, going to be calm and okay with that. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it's 2004, but they do have cell phones. So I understand they don't want to get in trouble with their dad for, like... But the thing is, the one girl, the responsible of the two, she's not in trouble. She's supposed to be in New York for her speech. Why doesn't she just call her dad? Well, she lost her cell phone. Oh. And there's no way the the one who's actually truant is going to be, you know, the person who hands over her cell phone. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's a plot hole. This whole movie doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess if I had to give you the basic rundown... Um, Two twin sisters, Roxy and Jane. One's a prep, one's a punk rocker, because that's the dichotomy necessary for twins in a movie like this. <laughs> one's got to be bad and one's got to be good. And the only way you can tell them apart is because one's hair is longer than the other. Yes. And one's hair is back and one's hair is messy, because that's what makes a prep and a goth different. I guess not goth, punk, whatever. Yeah. That's what's punk rock. I mean, we don't... There's... <laughs> She's wearing a Simple Plan t-shirt. I don't think that makes her a punk. Yeah. Yeah, because Simple Plan is in this movie. It basically becomes a Simple Plan music video for about five minutes there. 
Um, so yeah, what what Roxy wants to do is she wants to go into New York City to go see a simple plan music video being filmed. And her sister Jane wants to go because she's like a young Republican and is giving a, a speech. So that's basically the whole thing, except that then there's these bizarre sub stories where, for instance, Roxy has been skipping so much class that she has a truancy officer who has dedicated his career to catching her specifically because uh, she's really good at faking attend like uh, absent forms she's like really good. well she's not even that good at it if like he realizes that she's truant you know yeah for real <laughs> so yeah they they go they take a train to new york city but um punk rock girl gets kicked off because she doesn't have a ticket and then the ticket guy is like sees the prep girl and she's like oh you can't fool me how dumb do you think i am and it's like how would she have changed so fast and also her hair is dramatically shorter than her sister's exactly it's just very strange but she gets kicked off too and she runs into some dude like i think she like actually runs into him physically yeah and like she gets her skirt caught on his like bike pedal and like he ends up ripping her skirt and it's like played off as some sort of meat cute despite the fact that this girl wouldn't have never accepted her clothing being damaged by anyone in real life yeah this is the kind of girl who in the beginning of the movie has her own toilet seat covers yeah exactly uh but yeah and he shows up like five times later and they make new york city feel like a small suburban town because everybody runs into each other over and over again that is very much repeated with almost every character. They all keep running into each other. Um, I guess, so after that, they... Uh, oh, Andy Richter um, is pretending to be a, a taxi driver or a limo driver. Like a chauffeur. Like a limo driver chauffeur. And when they get kicked off the train, he's like waiting for someone. Like this Asian guy shows up with a... Um, like a SD chip. Keep in mind, this is 2004, so it's like 250 <laughs> megabytes. And um, he gets arrested like immediately for some reason. But before he does that, he drops this SD chip into punk rock Mary Kate Olsen's uh, like open bag. And then he manages to convince her like, oh, I'll give you a ride for free because he's trying to get this, like, chip out of her bag. But, and then he just kidnaps her and, like, and her sister. Yeah, uh, there's this, um, very strange whole thing about the SD card, which is put into one of those little tiny, like, Ziploc bags. So, at first I thought it was, like, cocaine that he was putting into this girl's purse. I thought she was gonna get, like, arrested for it and this was to be, like, a weird, like, prison movie from then on. But, no, it's supposed to be an innocent little mistake and she gets tricked into going into the limo. But I, w- I looked it up because I was like, 2004 is a pretty long time ago. It's like, you know, 13 years ago now. Like Kate said, 250 megabytes is probably the most usual size of SD card. At that time, you could buy a one gigabyte or even three gigabyte SD card. A one gigabyte SD card with a fast speed, which is what you would probably need for, um, you know, copying movies, was almost $500. So... I don't know why you would just trust it for something like this, like a drop off at a train station. <laughs> it's stupid, but it's that's just this movie. This movie is stupid. So, yeah, I think the movie really held on to the idea that the average person watching it would not realize that a movie could not fit on that SD card. <laughs> not in 2004, at least. <laughs> but yeah, they were going to take the movie from the SD card and make a bunch of bootleg copies. 
And I guess it's a movie that wasn't out in theaters yet or something, so it was really valuable. It's probably this movie. Um, yeah, I was saying, I was like, you know what, I bet the movie that on that SD card is New York Minute. But, you know, it's okay if it is, because uh, that SD card got lost, just like this movie should have been. You know, this movie probably would have been enjoyable if it had been, like, a lost movie. Like, something that's like, did you, like, you know, under hushed whispers, it's like, did you know... I heard that the Olsen twins had a movie that was never released. And Andy Richter plays a very... Chinese adoptee. (laughs) Yes. This is great. Cult classic. I bet if I watched this movie in like 40 years and they (laughs) had like told me that it was like, you know, a lost movie. Like I'd I'd watch it with like, I don't know. Reverence. I don't want to say my children because (laughs) I can't subject any child to that even if I have them. But I just feel like if I watched it in 40 years, I'd be like, oh, so this this is an Olsen twins movie. <laughs> yeah. And for being like a crime guy, Andy Richter's character is terrible. Like he kidnaps them in his limo, but they escape through the moonroof. And he just keeps screaming things like, come back here. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Never accept ride from stranger, except in a worse, very stereotypical accent like so bad that you don't want to like try to say do it like him because it was that bad yeah and what i just don't get why not at that point like you've been almost kidnapped why aren't you going to the police why aren't you saying hey like a guy tried threw me into his limo and then told me he was gonna murder me like why at that point you're just like oh i gotta i still gotta go to my speech like why so gotta get that simple cl- plan uh music video shoot <laughs> yeah so a bunch of other stuff happens uh like i said they get into that hotel the dog is introduced and it's one of those like hair chinese hairless dogs the dog is introduced sitting on a toilet like a human which is one of the more bizarre moments of this film because it's just like wh- why is this happening uh jared walks in um the dog eats the SD card, which is now why they have to keep the dog with them everywhere for the rest of the movie. Because they put the SD card down next to a bunch of chocolates for some reason, and I'm like really glad that dog didn't eat that chocolate, but he picks the only ina- inedible thing to eat on the entire tray. <laughs> I did like that moment. There was another, there were a couple of lines that were kind of funny, like, but like I said, again, not for the intended context, but there was. Because, uh, you know, they were arguing about the dog, who's, I think, named Ronaldo, which is a really good name for a dog. Yes. Like, top ten names for dogs. Pretty good. Uh, she picks up the dog and says, we need this dog. That dog is my life. And when he poops, that poop is my life. Which, that's good. I like that. Um, <laughs> I definitely would have liked that as a teenager as well. That was pretty good. Yeah, and then they get out of there with the towels and they buy the... They buy I Heart New York shirts. By, like, giving a street vendor this girl's watch. They don't have any money or, like, clothes, but they do have a watch, which is just kind of shows her priorities, I guess. Yeah, and Andy Richter, he's got the girl's planner, which has her speech in it for her Young Republicans thing. But also her cell phone and her wallet. It's all connected to her planner. And I'm like, don't you have a purse? Yeah, for real. Why wouldn't a prep girl have a purse? Like, that's like prep 101. She did have a purse at one point, and she lost it, I think. I'm not going to go into everything, but, like, over and over again, they get back into Andy Richter's limo to talk to him, even though he's very plainly said he wants to murder them. And Eugene Levy is still there, like, following close behind them, like, and he's got this... It's Eugene Levy, right? So he's got the dry voice, and he does these all these weird... I guess they're supposed to be insulting, like, little quips and stuff. So eventually, instead of trying to be, like, 
pithy. He just starts going, you better check your fly. And then when anyone looks down, he just, like, runs past them, which is a move he learned from the Olsen twin he's been following. Yeah, they get into a sewer, but it's not actually a sewer. It's, like, the water main. But I don't really think there's a difference because it's New York City. And the water did not look clean. But it was, like, a absurdly spacious sewer. And the water, like, came up to, like, their knees. But, of course, when they get out of the sewer, they're both soaked. That's when they get into that very... Very awful, not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole uh, makeover scene. There's, like, a bunch of, like, dancing, and, like, it's like a it's like an Olsen twin and an afro, and, and of course, when they're leaving, they say something like, we'll come back and pay you for all of this, and then the lady who owns the salon is like, mm-mm, it's on the house, and we're like, why? Why is it free? Because she cried. That's literally, like, the only reason. She cried, and her sister had to sing Itsy Bitsy Spider to her to get her to calm down. Everyone in this beauty salon saying Itsy Bitsy Spider to Ashley Olsen to get her to stop, like, hyperventilating. When, like, when they first came in, she was like, don't leave the front of my store because I don't want anyone to see how gross you look. Go out the back. But then once she starts freaking out, then she's nice to her, which is, I don't know, makes zero sense. There's another good line, too, I did like, where um, they're, they have to go back to Andy Richter again to go get the planner. And it, I guess the smart one, whoever... One's Roxy. What's the other one? Jane. I don't know. Yeah. Jane is like, uh, he's going to burn my book. And <laughs> Roxy goes, he's not going to burn your book. That's censorship. And she says it so definitively. You kind of believe it for a second. You're like, that is censorship. That's not right. Actually, my favorite line in the entire movie is during that her- terrible makeover scene. Because it turns on some like kind of like Motown R&B song to be the the montage scene. And um, Jane, Miss Young Republican, like talks and it like pauses the music so she could go so she can go. Um, excuse me, I'd like a more corporate bling, thank you. And then the music starts playing up all again. It felt like very Alana Wexler from Broad City to me, just the way she like quietly like asserted herself in a weird way. And it was the only part of the movie that I truly enjoyed. I cackled like a witch. <laughs> and the outfit that she gets is not really corporate at all and except for the fact it's got a blazer which i guess is their definition of corporate it's like a blazer and like it's got kind of like a like a flouncy skirt but it's got these like terrible like knee-high yellow high heel boots and like yeah if you put her next to her sister who's wearing like a velvet pimp suit then um yeah she looks pretty corporate but she still looks like she's wearing like a really bad like twin set (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like not a good like she looks cute because she's like an Olsen twin but it's still not like a good outfit for giving like a speech and yeah definitely not and then there's like a taxi car chase and Eugene Levy gets into an RV and brings in these new characters his whole thing is like he's a truancy officer so he's not like a real policeman but he's got like a truancy officer badge so he keeps trying to assert himself like a police officer So he steals or he commandeers these tourist RV, which I know like they're trying to say, oh, Midwesterner tourist, her, her, her. But like, who would actually go to New York City in an RV? I I don't know anybody who would actually try and go through New York City in an RV. Yeah, it's like you get to the edge of New York City and then you like park it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, it made for some delightful lines like um, the the wife going, oh, geez. Oh, golly. (laughs) 
She's kept saying stuff like that while being like in a horrific car chase <laughs> with a with a madman who just took their RV. Yeah, actually, they make a pretty timely reference when later during the speech, this whole thing goes down and this movie culminates into an absolute mess. And she thinks it's a play and uh, they go, like, oh, it's cats. No, they were going to the play cats. And I think Eugene Levy said that he would make sure they got there in time. Oh, but instead he just drove them to this um, like speech like competition i think and eugene levy leads these poor tourists into this thing that is not a broadway show and of course they're so stupid because they're not from new york you know they're so stupid because they're from the midwest that they're like cats is great (laughs) oh and one really good line is when they're at the speech competition the uh the midwest husband points at the stage and goes the guy with the eyebrows i know him he's an actor and a police officer he also says something like who let the cats out and he seemed very proud of it he says he repeats it like three times because i guess baja men were still kind of relevant at that point i don't feel like they were i feel like that was like very firmly 2002 but that's probably around the time they were filming this movie hey if you're from the midwest then oh, yeah. yeah he didn't get it until until two years ago so he was actually out of the curb oh my gosh there's this there's this one part where um so the twins had a falling out but of course they still love each other because they're twins and roxy decides to save the day by trying to give uh jane's speech for her and but of course she doesn't know the speech and she loses the cards because they fall on stage they just she just drops them they don't even like it all like mucked up they just literally fall they fall like in a stack paperclip stack like in order and she just like walks past them and then just starts reciting the lyrics to it's complicated by avril lavigne oh my god it's so bad and jared padalecki is in the audience just like hooping and hollering yeah cheering because he's ride or die for her for no reason even though they just met each other there is one part that's like right at the end where it's everything's exploding because everyone's meeting together. All these disparate parts have now come to a head where she someone just goes one of the judges. I think it's the Al Gore guy goes, can someone explain what's going on? It's like, please, please do, because none of this makes sense. And I would very much like an explanation for this entire movie. Yeah, I would really like to go into detail about this Al Gore guy, about how much he has suffered because of the Olsen twins. So the movie starts They get on this train. Jane sits next to this guy who looks just like Al Gore to the point where it like kind of freaked me out for a minute because I was like, there's no fucking way. So first she sits next to him and she's obnoxious because she's like blowing up a neck pillow. And I'm like, how long do you think you're going to be on this train, lady? But whatever. And then, of course, her sister sits like on the other side of him. And he's like, do you guys do either of you want to trade seats with me? And they're both like, no. And then they spill coffee and Red Bull on him. And then he goes into the bathroom and one of the girls doesn't have a ticket so she's trying to like go hide in the bathroom so she starts banging on the door and then like he opens the door after he's been like cleaning himself off and she punches him in the face and he just goes i'm in hell but then they both get kicked off the train so you think you think he's fine and then when they're like leaving the hotel through the window washer like thingamajig they like crash like into his hotel room a little bit and they freak they freak him out yeah and he he's on the phone and he says things don't just fall from the sky and then on cue the olsen twins just fall from the sky and scare the piss out of him and then he gets into a taxi that's stopped 
and he is like i'd like to go to this place and then like both the olsen twins turn around because he's having a nightmare and and they and he just starts and they just drive like maniacs and he almost dies like three times (laughs) and then like they drop him off like the opposite side of the city because they they were going to Times square and he's like thanks for nothing and then of course he's the judge at the speech competition and he looks kind of gleeful that he gets to, like, ruin her life for a second. And then, of course, he gives her the scholarship. It's bullshit. Yeah, which makes no sense because you'd think that he'd want to enact his revenge at this moment. But no, like, she doesn't even give her speech. You'd think that, like, you would give the award to someone who actually gave a speech. There were, like, eight people on stage. Could you imagine being one of those people? <laughs> and none of the people on stage pulled, like, the fucking buffoonery that the Olsen twins did on this guy. And he's still like, I want you to be the one who goes to Oxford to represent us. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> I think his reasoning is something like he finds his spe- her speech cards. So he goes on the speech that she would have read and was like, you didn't give up. Other people would have given up today and the things that you've been through. And it's like, you saw her steal a taxi car. You saw her run through traffic. You saw her like put your life at risk. Her sister punched you in the face. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, there's other people who had prepared speeches and made sure that they were here on time. Nah, they don't deserve my the full ride to this expensive college. This person person who by all accounts everything that i have seen is an absolute mess should get it do you know what i just realized why he did that why because he did not want her on the same continent as him anymore (laughs) well he gave her that scholarship so she would be in fucking england and he could be in new york city and not have to see the olsen twins ever again (laughs) that's gotta be it right that's gotta be it there's no other explanation his motives make no sense without that he's like wait i have the perfect idea if i send her to england then i don't go to england then there's no way she can punch me in the face or spill coffee on my crotch again so then i think after that like there's a time skip and of course um the managers that uh roxy snuck on stage at the simple plan concert and gave her cd which is like one of those jewel cases and it was nice this is such nice packaging this is nice packaging it's like it's literally like a purple cd case you can buy at walmart but okay now they're getting recorded and they're going on tour and the good sister is going to england and the guy who kept bumping into her is moving there for some reason oh and they're going on tour to england so they're all going to be together. So were they setting up a sequel? I don't probably. Oh, God. I can't even imagine that they thought this movie would get a sequel. Yeah, I think they were setting up a sequel because they were both going to England. I don't. I just want to. I don't want to believe that. Plus, I don't know. Like, Mary-Kate and Ashley movies never get sequels. They had that opening, though. They. I think they were hopeful. They were hopeful. They were like, yeah, let's have this one in a theater and, like, everyone will love this movie and we'll make a sequel. It'll be called, like, New York Minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh no, my god! It's just like such a terrible movie. It is really bad. Uh, it didn't have a box office success, and critics didn't like it either. It's just a horrible movie all around. Uh, and I can see why, because like I said, there's so much stuff packed into this movie. It's not enjoyable. It feels very much like you're watching a Disney kids movie uh, that should have stayed on television and not been released into theaters. I could see children enjoying it because uh, it's got that kind of pacing. But honestly, it's so confusing to follow that I'm not sure anybody could reasonably have fun in it, especially because it's so long, you guys. It's it's really just terribly long. M- longer than anything has a right to be. The worst part is like for a movie, like 90 minutes is not a long movie. 
like at all. And it just hurt. It just hurt to watch it. And I think that definitely has something to do with just the way it felt like it should be on TV. Like it literally felt like I'm just watching a one of those stupid season specials that nobody asked for. I just thought that like if anyone had ever made a good decision even once in that movie, I would have felt a little better. <laughs> I could have been like, oh, well, at least they're trying. But no one makes a good choice in that movie. I think the smartest guy in the movie, the smartest person in the movie, is that guy on that bike. And he's still a dumbass. <laughs> he's the smartest person in the movie because he somehow tracks down this girl in New York three times. And the only thing he knows about her is that she's hot. And, like, I respect that. I respect that. It's just... Uh, it's a bad movie. It's a really bad movie. I hesitate to say that I hate it because hate is such a strong word, but I didn't enjoy it. I was, biz- like, basically felt bizarre. The whole film did. Like, it just nothing made sense but at least it was like it was trying to be enjoyable like it was trying to be funny and it did deliver some moments like that but it was like hitting marks but it wasn't hitting them in a way that like felt like cohesive or like even like comprehensible it was like oh suspense because the the chinese adopted dude grabbed one of the olsen twins but you're also thinking it's andy richter (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, can Conan's sidekick really kill one of the Olsen twins? I can definitely say this is a movie I will never watch again. It kind of taints other Mary-Kate and Ashley movies for me. Actually, I don't know. I haven't seen any uh, Mary-Kate movies since I was a child. So I, and I'm going to keep those firmly in my childhood because I don't want to taint them. So One movie that you, you can actually watch again because it is pretty good because it's... N- it's a it's a Mary Kate and Ashley movie, but you can tell it's also like a starring vehicle for uh, Kirstie Alley. Is it ta- it takes two? It's still pretty good. I'll keep that in mind. I don't know. I saw it a couple years ago. I don't remember it super well, but I do remember thinking this movie is better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so the exact opposite of this movie, which was somehow so much worse. The only problem is that I'm not here to watch good movies, Kate. Yeah, I'm not here to, like, tell you to watch good movies either. But, yeah. like, if you do, if you want to get the taste of this Mary-Kate and Ashley movie out of your mouth, then um, that Mary-Kate and Ashley movie might get the taste out of your mouth. Because it feels like a not-as-bad um, parent trap. And parent trap's still good, so. I know, I kept kind of waiting for, like, some sort of parent trap thing, because that's such an enjoyable movie. I mean, technically they did. They did do a parent trap thing when Roxy tries to do the speech. They just did it really poorly. That is true. The whole time I was watching this movie, and I know it's bad because, like, not all twin movies are the same, but I kept thinking, like, I really wish I was watching Parent Trap. (laughs) I wish I was watching Parent Trap instead of this movie. (laughs) So I guess a final verdict. Um, If you feel like watching New York Minute, don't. And then just watch Parent Trap again. Absolutely. Do not waste your time on this movie. I would say that... If someone could make a supercut of the Eugene Levy moments, that might be pretty funny for like a five minute YouTube watch. But don't subject yourself to the God five day long movie that is New York Minute. For a movie called New York Minute, it felt like a New York week. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Thanks for listening to our garbage podcast about a garbage movie. Garbage podcast. (laughs) Trash content always. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll see you back in a couple of weeks when we uh, do 
when we decide between two awful Christmas movies. Oh, I cannot wait. Christmas movies are going to be the best. It's going to be great. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We'd love it if you tell your friends if you're enjoying it or hopefully if you're enjoying it. I mean... It is trash content. It's trash content forever. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, leave a review if you can. Like us on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Hate Podcast. Oh, well, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. So tell your friends, encourage them to listen, and don't blame us if they hate you. (laughs) Yeah, if anything you can take from this, uh, don't watch New York Minute. Stick to Parent Trap if you're looking for feel-good twin movies. And don't watch New York Minute. Just keep the nostalgia goggles on firmly, and you'll be fine. And if you really need to watch a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, go with one of the really old ones, because at least as a child, you feel like, oh, that's why they can't act. Even better, watch an Elizabeth Olsen movie. She's pretty good. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye.